Imagine living in a time where six men kill themselves every day. And if we thought that's gonna happen in a hundred years, it sounds pretty gross, but it's actually now. Uh, you know, originally fake news starts as a critique of news that's considered to be inaccurate. It's become a term that's used now to dismiss any news that you don't like. And around one in seven young Australians uh, has a mental health condition. They are our most unwell generation that we've had. People don't accept the climate science. So if I think about how we're going to save the world, art enables us to move in that direction. Welcome back to What Happens Next. So what can we as individuals do? In this episode, we'll hear from our experts about the best way to support men and boys to cultivate positive masculinity. We'll find out what works and why and talk about the resources available. I am Rebecca Stewart and I am doing my PhD as part of the Behaviour Change Graduate Research Industry Partnership, which is a collaboration between Behaviour Works Australia um, as part of the Monash Sustainable Development Institute uh, in partnership with Victorian Health Promotion Foundation. And I am looking at what the key ingredients are to engaging men and boys in sustainable shifts in attitudes and behaviours around healthier versions of masculinity. I'm Brittany Ralph, I'm a doctoral researcher at Monash University and my research focuses on masculinity uh, and positive change, particularly with regards to men's friendships. I'm Steve Roberts, Associate Professor of Sociology at Monash University and my research area is masculinity and social change. Steve Roberts, Brittany Ralph, Rebecca Stewart, welcome to the podcast. Hi. Hi. Hello. I was having a chat with uh, a really good family friend. He's a little boy who's 12. Um, and I was just, you know, I've known him his whole life. Lovely kid, very gentle, grown up in a feminist household. And I said, how's school going? And he said, oh, we had, it was International Women's Day the other day and we had an assembly. And I said, oh, cool, how was that? He goes, actually, me and my best friend really hated it because it wasn't about anything great that women are doing or what they've achieved. It just made me and my friend feel bad for being boys. How do we deal with this? With Young kids in particular, I think with men, they have the capacity to understand this idea of structure. So you might be able to say to an adult man, um, I know you are against sexism personally, you're probably horrified by it, but um, you can understand how even though you might be against it, you can benefit from a system that reinforces it. But little kids can't understand that. And all he knows is, but I don't hate women and I, ha- and I would never think that. And now I just feel bad for being a boy. How do we, what do we do with that? One of the things that it makes me think about is the need to amplify the voices of boys and men who are practicing good behavior, right? So that I, I can understand the perspective of that little kid because he's hearing all this negativity and like, oh, that must be what men out there endorse and value somehow. And it don't, doesn't, that's what's also happening. It's not because they're being told that you're a bad person. He's probably also thinking that's what men do and they endorse that or whatever. And that's actually quite problematic. So I think we need more work. And again, this is something that filters through all of our work. In some ways, it's to try and say, there's some examples of how to be a good person slash good man, good boy. Um, and I think we need more of that for boys. So we need more role modeling, I suppose, with the caveat that we know that lots of role models are also terrible. So, but we need to be promoting better forms of masculinity. And in those discussions with young boys and men, like, yeah, it's, it's difficult. We don't want to be saying it's not all men. We know it's not you, but 
to point us towards the problem. So we are together working against the problem, not pointing at you and saying you're the problem. That's mm. kind of a way through it, I think. It's not easy, but really there's one. nothing definite about being a boy. That's where we start right. from as well, right? right. And we, we teach kids that there is something definite about being a boy and it's not being a girl. Yeah. Um, so the building blocks are much earlier, like, you know, around boys and girls' toys and this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like that kind of binary is not helpful because then when they grow up, they're like, oh yeah, boys behave in that way. Mm. And I think too, if it's explained at their level, if we give them a bit of credit that they are, you know, they are living this already. They've been living it since they were quite young. They would understand that when you go on the playground, there are certain rules for what boys and girls shouldn't do. And there's there's consequences in how kids engage with each other and putting it on their level and saying, you know, when such and such gets teased because he has long hair, for example, why do you think that is? Is it because he's a boy? Is that fair? Should he have to, you know, just trying to put it in, in into language they can relate to and understand because they are living it. They've been living it for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I think it's an important part of the conversation that um, I guess has been missing up until this point, which is we talk a lot about little girls in particular that can be anything and do anything, um, but we fail to fo- – and the the narrative is often, but boys can't be this or can't do that. And mm. so a lot of young men that I've spoken to and, and people that are working in this space uh, are looking for, so what can I be? What can I do? What, yeah. you know, everything is quite fraught um, for a number of reasons in the world at this point in time. And a lot of us are just searching for connection and will continue to do so. With That's the, a really good point, Beck. I like that, that like the idea of like boys need empowering as well because in the whole idea in, in the empowerment in the feminist movement is to let people make the choices they want to make and right. the same should be translated to boys as well and I think that's really Absolutely. helpful. Absolutely and we've done so much, you know, there's no problems with a – a little girl showing up to book week dressed as a male character. Mm-hmm. But I have a a friend's um, nephew who got sent home because he was in a dress dressed up as his um, favourite female character out of a book. The fact that some of the most powerful people in our country still feel the need to shame mm. around those things, I think we have a lot of work to do. And, and that's what the, the organisations that I'm working with are, that's kind of their key aim is to really like, – I avoid the word the word empower <laughs> because it's I mean this is a fraught area where you run the risk of all facets jumping up and screaming but that's what it is it's about helping particularly our, our young but also any any age man understand that those rules and the those mental shortcuts that you've just thought are always the way you have to act aren't Mm. And I think I think power, sorry to cut you off, I think power is like really central to the issue if we connect it to these broader issues. For men, power comes from dominance for a long time in, or it has for a long time come from dominance but re, reshaping our idea of power as empowerment and what you were saying earlier as, as you can do whatever you want, you can be whatever you want to be regardless of your gender, that would help to address some of the knock-on effects later in life when men feel disempowered uh, in a society where there is hierarchy among men and and, and there's class issues and there's, uh, you know, all these different hierarchies that they face and they feel disempowered by it. So they go home and they find other ways to feel empowered and often that's through violent means, whether that's their family, whether that's other men on a night out. And I think if we're going to change the way that uh, society is going, we need to really look at the issue of power and, and where we get that from in our lives.
All right, guys, give us take-home tips. What can the average person at home do to, to improve things in this round? Uh, well, my bugbear is sharing of domestic chores and childcare, uh, and that's not just the physical enactment of those things, it's the mental load as well. So a lot of women in my life um, carry that load. Uh, I live alone, so I carry the whole load, and, and that's fine. <laughs> uh, I have a rabbit, he does not contribute at all. Hopeless. Typical man. Um, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I think it's uh, around modelling in uh, the private sphere as much as the public sphere. I endorse that. I'm a man that tries to live his politics and uh, I can confirm that my wife and I share the domestic labour and we're both exhausted rather than just one of us being exhausted. So that's good. Um, uh, <laughs> Equality and exhaustion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, what you, that's what it leads to. You don't actually have um, a spreading of the load. You just both completely wiped out the whole time, especially with a little baby in tow as well. Um, practical changes. You know, I think about this a lot in terms of like how do I best bring up my son? So he's nearly two. And I'm terrified already. Like I have these thoughts about what if he becomes a rapist? What if he does these terrible things that, that culture teaches boys is okay? So I don't know. Like practically, I think the points that Beck's already raised about being a good bystander. But again, as a, as a man and as a formerly a boy, um, I've had a hard time calling out my mates. I try, you know, and I'm, but I'm an academic who's in, enmeshed in this stuff all the time. Um, but I would hope that people can... Yeah, call people out for sexist behaviour and sharing of images of women uh, non-consensually and that kind of stuff. Yeah. I feel like I've got a really hard line that I'm towing here. I think just talk to people. I, I, if you're a woman, talk to your, to your to the men in your life. If you're a man and you need something or, or you know something's up with someone, just reach out because you never know when – if, if that's going to change someone's life, if reaching out is going to change someone's life and, and it's, and it will change your relationships and it'll make you feel more connected. And, um, yeah, I think just reach out essentially. That's a nice one. Thank you so much to all of you for joining us Thank today. You. Thank, Thank you for you. having us. My name is George Varian. I lecture in educational leadership at Monash University and I do research in uh, elite private boys' schools, but I also am interested in issues of gender and educational inequality. Dr. George Varian, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. For the average person who is sitting at home and wants to do something to improve the way we think and talk about masculinity uh, in, in Australia and around the world maybe, um, either just in their everyday lives or even the way it operates in elite private schools. What would be one thing, a practical thing that a person at home could do? Not thinking so much about policy or anything a government or a business needs to do, but the average person, is there anything they can do to try to improve things? I, I spend a lot of my time as a lecturer trying to get people to think critically about the world they live in. And so I guess it's to question your taken for granted assumptions around gender and keep asking questions. I'll give you an example. You know, I would not consider myself a feminist because I think I have so many blind spots around the issue of gender equality that all I can do is ask questions and try to, you know, pursue understanding of something that is so difficult to, to understand when you don't live it. Uh, so if you want to understand this idea and what can you do is I would encourage people to try to understand it better by asking questions and trying to find, to try to have those conversations. Uh, we have to have these difficult conversations uh, and I think that's probably the starting point. Dr. George Varian, thank you so much for your time. 
you're very welcome. Hi, my name's Dr. Sandro DeMeo. I'm a medical doctor and a public health uh, expert and advocate. Uh, I'm the CEO of Big Health or the Victorian Health Promotion Foundation. Um, and uh, I'm currently learning how to make sourdough. Sandro DeMeo, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. For the average person at home uh, who isn't the CEO of Big Health, what can what is the most immediate practical thing that any of us average schmoes can do to improve the way we think and uh, talk about and live masculinity in society? Hmm. Well, look, it's it's hard to ignore what's going on in the world around us. And of course, um, COVID-19, the pandemic is, is causing enormous disruption and loss and pain in, in the lives of many. And, and this, this we know from previous studies on, on major, major disruptions in society will likely lead to an increase in family stress, uh, probably um, an aggravation of uh, existing practices around how we respond as individuals, the kind of fight and flight type responses, you know, and, and we are very concerned that this could lead to an increase um, in family violence, um, that it could become more frequent and more severe in the current uh, emergency. Uh, so I think, you know, now is, is a really important time for, for all men, but not just men and boys, for everyone in society to realise, you know, it's okay during COVID-19 for anyone to feel um, scared or uncertain. You don't have to feel strong or stoic. Um, you don't have to handle this on your own. Um, you don't have to be, you know, the, the breadwinner and the, the tough one. And that by not doing these, it's definitely not a sign of weakness. I think making sure that men and boys, but everyone in society, that we feel confident and comfortable to share the concerns we have, to reach out to friends if we're feeling overwhelmed, stressed or worried, um, to make sure we maintain communication with our mates, uh, we can't have a beer with them at the moment. We can't catch up at the pub, but we can jump on Skype. We can stay connected. And I think most importantly is to know where to reach out to, um, if particularly for men, if they if they need some help during this time, particularly around uh, the risks we know of increased um, rates of family violence. And that's of course reaching out to one eight hundred respect um, and and knowing that there is a service there available to talk to. But I think that the, the takeaway is just to remember that this is, this is a tough time for everyone and feeling scared, feeling worried, feeling uncertain doesn't make you any less manly. Uh, everyone will be feeling that way at the moment. Talk to your mates, um, stay connected and take care of yourself so that you can take care of with others. That is some excellent advice to end on. Thank you so much for your time today, Sandro. You're so welcome. Some great ideas there. And that was our final episode in our series on masculinity. Thanks to all our guests today. That's it for this episode. More information on what we discussed today can be found in the show notes. And up next week, our new series. I'm Dr. Susan Carland, and thanks for listening to What Happens Next. 